Welcome, everybody, to the second test show of Poker Fraud Alert Radio. I know this one had very, very, very short notice. I decided 20 minutes before airtime that I was going to do it. And the motivation to do it was that, well, I'll get to that in a second. But uh, this is the second test show, and we're going to be testing a few things here. We're going to be testing the chat room. We have a new chat room this time, completely different chat software than the previous test show. And I changed it because the previous chat software crashed the server. So that, even though I liked that chat room, it just uh, wasn't going to work out for us. And we have a new chat room, and then we also have an on-air sign that's on the very top of the forum, or actually anywhere you are on the site, it's going to flash on-air. So I want to make sure that shows up for everyone. And then we also have archiving automatically enabled. Every time I connect to the radio and broadcast anything, it will archive it. So I'm going to be testing that as well and see how that works out. So these are the three tests. And we will see where we go from here. If everything works out well, then a regular radio show that's scheduled, that has a specific time, that uh, has a real concept to it, these things won't be that far away, and we'll get them going. So I hope this test goes well. Here are my requests for you. Request number one is you go into the chat room. I don't care if you want to chat or not. Just please come into the chat and just sit there if you have to. But please be in the chat. And let me know if the chat has any trouble, because this is new chat software. I'm going to be monitoring the server this time, so it won't crash the whole thing no matter what. But I want to hear if this chat room works for you, if the messages are getting through, if it's easy to use. I know it's not quite as good as the previous one, but just go in the chat room, because I want to load up as many people as possible in the chat so I can see how it will be when we have a real radio show with a lot of people. I realize we're not going to have all that many people because nobody even knows about this. So the only way you know about this show is if you happen to come to the site while I'm doing it. And that's regrettable, but I'll tell you the reason I started to do it. And to tell you the reason I just decided abruptly to do it, I should tell you that the reason is also related to when the show will end. Because I'm not going to decide when the show ends today. The end of the show will be decided by someone who does not have an account on Poker Fraud Alert, but it's someone who won't be able to play the World Series of Poker until the year 2032, and someone who might actually live to see the year 2100. All of us, I won't, you won't, anybody listening to the show will not be alive in the year 2100, but the person who is controlling how long the show goes may be alive in the year 2100. And that person is Benjamin, my one-year-old son. He went down for a nap at about 3 o'clock. And I decided that uh, this is a good time for a, ch a test show because I have probably, well, hopefully two hours from 3 o'clock, so probably about an hour and a half from now and maybe a little bit more, maybe a little bit left. But, uh, I don't know. We have one other thing to test this time. We have a new phone number. The new phone number is area code 775-FRAUD-55. 775, which is a 
Nevada area code. It's not 702 like Las Vegas, but 775 is the other Nevada area code serving pretty much everything but Las Vegas. So 775-FRAUD, F-R-A-U-D, 55. And if you want that translated to numbers, that's 775-372-8355. So uh, please give me a call uh, anytime during the show, and we'll see how that works as well. We'll see if the new phone ever works, and we'll see how the sound quality is. We'll see all these things. I want to make sure that all the technical stuff works properly before we venture to do a new show. I don't want to release a new radio show that's publicized as the product from this site if it's got all kinds of technical failures. So that's why I want to make sure everything's good, and I appreciate everybody's help. I appreciate everybody who's listening right now. I appreciate everybody in the chat room, and please, if you've turned on this show, even if you don't want to hear it, just turn down the volume, but please connect. Please stay on. Please stay in the chat room, just so I can test everything. Okay. Anyway, 3.34 p.m. right now, and oh, someone requested that I say the name of the songs I play at the beginning. I know that Bad Billy 32 who's around the same age as me, says he hates 80s music, which surprises me, because most people my age like 80s music. A lot of people, or should I say very few people who are around 40 years old hate 80s music, but I guess there's a few. But that's the music I grew up with. And the first song I played was a classic from the mid-80s called The Safety Dance. And the second one was from the movie Rocky called Eye of the Tiger by Survivor. Anyway, this show, I'm just going to talk about whatever. Whatever comes to mind, whatever you want to call in and ask me about. All these things are on the table. Uh, chat room, how is my sound quality right now? Do I sound too loud? Am I too soft? How do I sound? Because I want to make sure I get that right, too. Now, Jacep is saying in our chat room that the chat sucks. Jacep, what do you think sucks about the chat? I know it's not as full-featured as the previous chat. It's not as pretty as the previous chat. But it also doesn't crash the server like the previous chat. V12CL is saying I'm echoey. Jacep is saying I sound tin canny. That's not good. Let me try to adjust some things here. Echoey and tin canny. Let me see here. Is this any better? Do I sound less tin canny, less, less echoey? I'm glad to see Jacep was just joking about the chat, but uh, I wish he was joking about sounding tin canny, because uh, sound quality is important to me. It's very, very important to me, and I, I hate radio shows with bad sound quality, even talk shows. So, when the sound quality is not good, I, I want to try to figure out what's wrong and get this all worked out before doing a real show. So, I just turned down the, uh, the microphone. We'll see if that helps at all. Let me try one more adjustment here. This will be in the archives, so this uh, riveting stuff you won't miss. Okay, let's try now. Are we any better? No, someone's asking in the chat room if my mic is cheap. It's not about the mic. It's about uh, the settings. 
It's about the settings and the sound card. And there's, a, there's a whole lot of little things that got to come together to do a radio show like this. In fact, uh, I was discussing this with Chinese Maniac because Chinese Maniac actually wants to put a radio show up on Venom. And I was describing to him all the different things that need to be done to put up a radio show. Because to the listener, it seems very simple. You just click radio and it plays, and that's it. But uh, on the side of setting it all up, you have to put together like seven little different parts. And sometimes they don't work all that well together. It's, it's kind of a, a convoluted thing where a bunch of little pieces come together to make one whole part. And yeah, someone's saying it sounds distorted. Um, to the people saying it didn't sound good, did it sound better last time? Because there really shouldn't be any difference. I, I'm, I have not changed anything from the broadcasting standpoint. So I'm wondering what could possibly be the problem here. I don't like that it sounds distorted. Hmm. Let me see here. There's actually one other factor that could be causing this. It could be, believe it or not, Benjamin's baby monitor. And there's nothing I can do about that. And obviously, on real radio shows, we're not going to have that. But Benjamin has a video baby monitor, which uh, in most ways is very nice, because I can see him and hear him while he's sleeping, even at night. It has really good night vision. The problem is, it interferes with wireless internet. So, since I'm the only one home with him right now, and he's sleeping, I have to turn the monitor up full blast and leave it close enough to where I can see it and hear it. And unfortunately, that might be interfering with my signal and maybe distorting some things. So that's something to consider, and there's really nothing I can do about it on this show. But obviously, I'm not going to be broadcasting under these circumstances in when I actually do real shows. So, okay, enough talk about the sound. Uh, I've done all I can right now for the sound, and I will listen later to see how it sounds to me. And I'm very picky as far as how the sound goes. So anyway, let's go on here. Um, the main thing I want to talk about, I didn't say the main thing, but one thing I thought of off the top of my head to talk about would be the commentary about me on last week's Donk Down Radio. I'll be honest, I don't listen to Donk Down Radio all that much anymore. Obviously, I listened for the first few weeks after I left the show because I figured they'd be talking about me. I wanted to hear what both the hosts and the listeners had to say right after my departure. But uh, after I was gone for a while, and they really weren't talking about me much anymore, it got kind of boring to me. I just wasn't interested. And in addition to that, it, it kind of pissed me off to listen to it, knowing that this was a show I helped build up to become what it was, and that I wasn't part of it anymore. And, uh, you know, it just wasn't pleasant for me to listen to. So I really didn't listen much for the last few months, other than when there was something of interest. Sometimes it was a guest I wanted to hear, sometimes it was a topic I wanted to hear, sometimes it would be someone I thought would talk about me or a situation where I thought I might be talked about. So, I turned it on last week and listened to most of the show, which was pretty easy because I was driving hundreds of miles, so I had a long time to just sit and listen without any interruption. And uh, Gavin Smith, who was the guest host last week, 
I had a feeling he'd talk about me because this guy has never liked me. I don't know exactly why. Some of you might think it's because of what happened between me and Joe Seabach and the back and forth of that since Gavin and Joe are friends, but this preceded all that. This is back when Joe Seabach and I got along. Gavin Smith didn't like me. He just never liked me. I don't know why. I don't expect everyone to like me, but uh, he kind of had this sort of, uh, I, I don't know, when I would see him in person, he'd be pleasant enough. He kind of seemed like he was choking back dislike when he'd say hello to me, like, oh, hey, Todd, like that. You know, like he, it looked like he was forcing himself to say hi to me and to, like, talk to me a little bit when he clearly didn't like me. I'm sure you've experience that yourself with people in your life that you know don't like you but happen to be there where you are at the moment and kind of force themselves to talk to you. But, um, I don't know. It was clear he didn't like me. Uh, he once got on Chantel's, I'm talking about Chantel McNulty, he once got on her PokerStars account and talked trash to me under her account. And you know, shit like that happened. I don't know why. I didn't do anything to him. This is, again, before the Joe Seabach thing. I don't know. I don't really care. But uh, he was on the radio last week. He was supposedly the new host of Donkdown Radio, but I don't know if that's really going to be permanent. In fact, I have a feeling it's not going to be. I, I know MyCon would like it to be, but I doubt it will be. Because I think Gavin's going to get bored with it. I don't even know if he'll be here tonight. But... Uh, um, what I got from listening to Gavin, just in general, is that, he, you know, he's used to doing poker radio shows because he used to do a number of shows on poker road radio. But it seemed like he missed being on the air. It seemed like he missed being on radio, and that's why he did that show. But at the same time, this is not something he's going to commit to. And at the same time, you could tell he really had no interest in the listenership, in the user base, in getting to know anyone you could tell he kind of was out of touch and didn't want to be in touch. You could tell he would never learn the names of any of the regulars on the site or calling the show, except perhaps one step, because he was, like, pranking the show 20 times. But you didn't get kind of, like, the community feel from him that you got from, like, when the three of us, me, Brandon, and Mike on did the radio. You didn't get that feeling, like, that uh, it was a community radio show. Like, it was a show where we got to know the regular listeners, where we were thinking of and broadcasting to the regular listeners. This is just kind of Gavin talking and almost looking down upon the people he's broadcasting to. That's the feeling I got from him. But anyway, uh, quite some time passed, and he did not really have anything to say about me until the middle of the show, and that's when it finally came out. Now, it finally came out when a caller, I don't even know who it was, but someone called in to ask MyCon about Adam Schoenfeld. Now, I mentioned this on my previous test show and on posts on Poker Fraud Alert that Adam Schoenfeld is a snake in the grass. Adam Schoenfeld pretended that he liked me. He, pretend, he was never my friend. He never pretended to be my friend, but he pretended to be someone who liked me, who got along with me. He'd even feed me little confidential tidbits about people in poker while we do the radio show. Uh, never did I ever get the feeling from him that he disliked me. Unlike Gavin, who I kind of always felt disliked me. I never got the feeling that Adam Schoenfeld disliked me, but it turned out that he was a lot of the reason that the stuff on Donkdown happened. 
last year. Because he was in Micon's ear. He was in Martha's ear. He was constantly saying that I was the factor keeping Donk down from blowing up huge. I was the factor keeping it from becoming a 2 plus 2 sized forum. Which is, of course, a joke. If I wasn't part of Donk down, it wouldn't even exist. It would have never became what it did. Ever. If I didn't ever join Everyone Poker, that site would not exist today. So I'm not going to take all the credit for doing everything, because that wouldn't be true, but I was a big part in the site growing. I was a big part in Donk Down continuing its momentum after it moved from Never One Poker. But Adam Schoenfeld felt the opposite. He actually thought that I was the one holding it back. And he preached this over and over while smiling to my face. Anyway, uh, I discussed this before. I'm not going to go into that whole thing again with Schoenfeld, but what happened was someone called in, and no, it wasn't Raw Wolf. Raw Wolf called later in the show. Someone called into the show and asked about Schoenfeld, referring to him as the snake in the grass. And Mikon got confused and thought he was talking about Zach from Quad Jacks, who was referred to as, as a snake in the grass for quite some time. But then the caller corrected Mikon and said, no, 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 I'm talking about Schoenfeld. And then a discussion broke out about me. And Mikon even commented on my post about Schoenfeld and how he thought it was all untrue and pretty much accused me of making up the whole thing. So I'd like you guys to listen to it. I have it all queued up here. This is the part of the show last week where an unknown caller called up to ask about Adam Schoenfeld and then a discussion about me broke out. And then I'll give you my reaction and commentary and response after this. Uh, yo, what up? This is, uh... Hi, Penis. How are you? There really is a user named Penis. He's not, like... he's not. Okay, like I guess it was the user named Penis. I'm sorry. I don't know what his name is here, if he has an account here, but whatever. No, guys, is that no, your no. actual given name, Penis? Well, I mean, Gavin. Yeah. Uh, obviously not. Um, I, I was wondering if you could, uh, comment on the snake in the grass. On whom? <laughs> the, the snake in the grass. Oh, uh... Um, hey, we're talking about Zach, the, the David Carradine thing? Zach, Zach from Quad Jacks. Um, I was referring to Schoenfeld. Oh. Um, <laughs> what do you, I mean, do you have a specific question? I'll answer it. What, I mean, but you have to just sort of be uh, more specific. Well, well basically, um, basically on, uh, Drup sort of did an unannounced, uh, like, test. Oh, Drup, hold on, hold on, let me just get, um, I, I'll, I'll let you speak, but just let me get Gavin up to speak because he's looking at me all fucking crazy. Uh, we broke up. Me and Drup and uh, me and Brandon broke up. Okay, so... Druff now has his own site called Poker Fraud Alert. Who the fuck's Druff? Todd Wittellis. Okay. And uh, I know you didn't like Todd Wittellis. No, I, I think he's a dick. I know you didn't. Gavin was not a fan. Um, but, uh, yeah, so um, so I'm sorry. So go on. So now I just, so I'm just saying, Druff has his own site and he did his own radio show. Continue, caller. Penis. Um, I mean, basically, uh, there were some posts on his forum about, like, what happened, because I think there were a lot of people who, oh, I, uh, were like, like myself, who were, who were just unhappy that you and Druff aren't doing, like, I read that post. I, that's one of the few things I've read, where he, like, basically accuses Adam Schoenfeld of somehow, I don't know, doing something that Druff thought was, I, I uh, basically, just talking bad about you. Let me, let um, me. Now, I read that post. Okay. Now, let me. Re I read that post, and this is what I thought right as soon as I read it. Do you understand? It was like it was more like. Sorry, it was more like this. 
because it's just totally wrong. And um, I just didn't. I, I read the post, and it said, it said that Adam Schoenfeld like talked shit about draft to me or something, like patently false yeah. across the board. I have no fucking clue where the balding gentleman, the former chairman, said anything about that. I really have no idea where he came from. I okay, let me uh, interrupt right here. First of all, I don't know why he's trying to put little slams there against me about the balding gentleman, the former chairman. I mean, why even say that? I mean, that's, that's just stupid and immature. But uh, putting that aside here, he said what I posted there about Schoenfeld was patently false, that he doesn't know where I came up with it. Well, I can tell you, Mike, on where I came up with it. I came up with it from several independent people, some of whom don't even know each other. I shouldn't say don't know each other, but don't talk to each other, are not friends would not have concocted the same story together. And these separate people told me the same thing about what Schoenfeld was saying. They told me Schoenfeld was saying it to them. They told me that Schoenfeld was saying it to you, Mikeon. They told me that Schoenfeld was saying it to your wife, Martha. Now, I even heard, Mikeon, in your defense, that at first you were not buying what Schoenfeld was selling to you. You were actually telling him, no, Schoenfeld, you're wrong. Druff is very valuable to the site. And you actually stood up for me, which I appreciate. But as time passed, and as we started to have more and more disagreements regarding the site, you started to believe it more and more. And uh, I'm not going to say Schoenfeld is at fault for the whole reason that uh, the thing on Donkdown fell apart, but I will say that he was definitely saying this quite often about me and about how I'm bringing the site down. So I don't know what you're saying is patently false. What part is false? Now, listen here. He kind of gives himself an out in case people call him out on it or in case those people ever come forward and verify what I'm saying. They don't. I mean, so that's wrong. I have, like, I, I, I mean, Schoenfeld is a respected friend of mine, but and I definitely asked his advice at some point, but, you know, not, you know, he had no, like, major role in any of it in any way, so... So he's saying that he asked Schoenfeld's advice. So that's the out he gives himself. Because, look, it's very clear. Schoenfeld came on the radio right after I left the radio. The week after I was gone, he was there as the replacement host. Prior to that, Schoenfeld would not appear on the site in any way, shape, or form for probably about a year, maybe even more. And the second I'm gone, he shows up. So obviously that wasn't a coincidence. Obviously Schoenfeld came because I left. So we know that much. And when he says at the end there that he asked for advice, this way he can say, well, yeah, Schoenfeld said these things about you, but uh, I just came to him and asked his advice, and he told me this, and that was that, but it wasn't a big deal. That's not the way it happened. He didn't come to Schoenfeld. He didn't go to Schoenfeld and say, hey, tell me about Druff. Tell me what you think I should do. It was the other way around. Schoenfeld came to him. Schoenfeld came to Martha. Schoenfeld came to a number of other people and would tell them that I was detrimental to Donkdown. That Donkdown was a worse site because I was part of it. Not just that I have a few faults and that he doesn't agree with everything I do, or he wishes I did certain things differently. It was that I was bringing it down. I was an overall negative to the site. So, this is a lie. I don't know why he's lying. Actually, I do know why he's lying. He's lying to protect Schoenfeld. Schoenfeld is passive-aggressive. Schoenfeld does not want to get in a big confrontation about this. He doesn't want to be the center of attention. You know how I had to ban Judonk, 
this week because he was forcing himself to be the center of attention. I shouldn't say forcing himself. He was forcing himself onto the site as the center of attention, and I finally had to remove him. Well, Schoenfeld's the opposite. He doesn't want to be the center of attention. So, Mikon's trying to protect him here. Mikon's trying to do some damage control on Schoenfeld's behalf, and also probably on his own behalf, because it looks bad for Mikon that uh, he wasn't completely making his own decisions. I mean, he made the decision, but that he was influenced to make the decision by a third party who isn't really all that involved with the site. Because, you know, Schoenfeld, he he only half pays attention to the whole site. I, that's even being generous. I mean, he goes months without reading a damn thing on the site, and, and when he does, he just kind of lurks, reads a few posts, and that's it. He almost never posts. He only appears on radio occasionally, as you've seen. You know, I left a long time ago, and he hasn't been heard on the radio in a long time. This is not somebody who is actively part of the site and knows every occurrence there and is qualified to say whether I've heard it or helped it. He just kind of watches occasionally and then makes a stupid commentary. Now, Schoenfeld is entitled to his opinion. I'm not mad at Schoenfeld for disliking me. I'm not mad at him for telling Mikon that he thinks that I was detrimental to the site. I don't believe that everybody should have to think I'm wonderful or that everybody should have to think that uh, I'm always doing good things and I'm always a positive. I don't expect everybody to like me or agree with me. But uh, he took way too much of an interest in this and just made too many comments and it became too important to him. He, he just mentioned it too often to where it started to really influence things. Now, it's very possible that everything that happened would have happened anyway, even without Schoenfeld's help, because uh, a lot of the problems that Mikon and I had when we were running Donk Down together were separate from anything Schoenfeld said. They were just actual problems that he felt the forum should be run one way, I felt it should be run a different way, he felt radio should be run one way, I felt it should be run a different way, and we kept getting in more and more arguments. Uh, we even had arguments about uh, Donk Down 2.0, and... Uh, what should be done with that. I won't go into detail, but uh, we had a lot of differences of opinion that had nothing to do with Schoenfeld. So in that, Schoenfeld had nothing to do with what eventually occurred there. But Schoenfeld definitely was getting very involved in this matter, and all while pretending to be someone who thought highly of me. I'll tell you how fooled I was by Schoenfeld. I'll tell you what a snake in the grass he was. Um... I told him about Benjamin. I told him about the pregnancy before I announced it to everybody else. I only picked a small group of people from these forums to tell, and he was one of them. So, believe me, I would have never told someone who I thought secretly disliked me, even if I thought they could keep the secret. And it was a secret that obviously wasn't going to be kept forever. I was planning to announce the pregnancy at some point, I was just looking for the right time, but, uh, you know, he was someone I told in advance. Anyway. Um, someone's asking in the chat room if uh, Hero Poker was paying $100 a month. No, they were paying more than that. I won't say what they were paying, but it was more than 100 Um, Let me see what else the chat has to say here. Let me give you the phone number if anybody wants to call in. 
fraud fifty five seven seven five f r a u d fifty five no they were not paying a hundred if uh David Jung says that it's not true unless he renegotiated what he was paying Mike on after I left. I don't know what he was paying after I was gone, but I do know that it was more than a hundred while I was there, but who knows i I doubt it was a hundred after I left either, but again, who knows uh let's see. I'm uh, reading the chat. That's why it seemed kind of uh, disengaged for the moment here. 775-FRAUD55 is the phone number. 775-FRAUD55. You have to show your caller ID if you call me. Star 82 is the way you do that. Just star 82 before the number you dial. If you don't, it just doesn't go through. I don't even see it. I think you get like a fast busy. Uh, if you get a voice... Or voice. If you get a voicemail saying you've reached po- Poker Fraud Alert Radio, that is actually the mother of my child. That is Benjamin's mom. And she volunteered to do it. So I said, okay. Let me see if I can uh, play you the voicemail here. Uh, I know, exciting stuff. Hey, here we go. You've reached Poker Fraud Alert Radio. If you're receiving this message while we're on the air, we weren't able to take your call. Please try again a bit later in the show. Otherwise, please leave a message at the tone, and we will get back to you. Thank you. So that's Benjamin's mother. That is the woman who was willing to procreate with me. Actually, you know what, uh... There were a number of women throughout my life that would have been glad to have a kid with me. I'm not trying to brag here. I'm just saying I had a number of chances over the years to get married and or have children. But it wasn't right. I just, in all the cases, I felt it wasn't going to work out. And I'm someone who, I don't like making major life decisions without really feeling it's going to work out. You never know for sure, but uh, I just uh, I just didn't feel it was right until this one. And this one, I actually felt within a few weeks that this is where it was going to go. Uh, Jimmy G415 is asking, what about Gavin? Why does he hate you, Druff? He sounded like a moron explaining why. Is it because of Seabach? Now, I was saying before, he definitely hates me more because of Seabach, since he and Seabach were good friends, but Gavin disliked me before the whole thing with Seabach happened, so I have no clue. I don't know what I did to piss him off. I know he used to lurk on Everyone Poker, because I played with him at the Harris Rincon. I think this was in early 2007, at a tournament. He was at my table, and he actually commented to me about various posts I had made on Everyone Poker, so he was definitely a lurker there. I don't think he ever posted, but maybe there's something there he didn't like. Whatever. Uh, Jacob said, smart move, I had a random girl come on me, and I thought she said, come in me. (laughs) And three years later, boom, $700 a month in child support. Man. Man, man, man. I don't know if that's a true story, but it's a good story. You know, uh, when you choose who you're going to have a child with, you got to be careful 
for two reasons. First, that child is going to get half the genes from the woman you're having sex with. So if you don't like her and you don't like a lot of her traits, then half of those traits, roughly, are going to end up in your child. So that's one reason. The other reason is you'll have to deal with her for 18 years at least. So that was my nightmare. Fortunately, it never happened, but my nightmare was that I would get a girl pregnant who I would never want as the mother of my child. And I was always a little bit nervous of every time I had sex, even if I wore a condom, even if she was on the pill, whatever. I was always a little bit nervous that I'd find out she was pregnant and then I would be stuck in some way with that girl for 18 years. And, and I also don't really want to like have a broken home and have shared custody with a child. I mean, if you have to, you have to. But that's just that was a nightmare for me to have to happen. But uh, fortunately, this one, I actually tried to make it happen, as did she. So even though we're not married, it was not an accident. I know some people on these forums don't believe me, but it's the truth. I, I wouldn't say it was not an accident if it was, but it wasn't. Anyway, uh, Joy Miller's Meat Curtains, nice name, by the way, asked in the chat, why the hell doesn't Gavin take issue with Micon about Seabox cockpit? Seems he really did have something against you if he forgives Mycon. Exactly. Uh, Mycon was more behind the whole thing of publicizing the whole Joe Seabock thing. I mean, a user brought it to us. Some guy showed up on the forum and posted it, but Mycon was the one who was retweeting it everywhere, going, oh my god, look at this, look at Joe Seabock's penis. But Gavin has forgiven Mycon for that, for doing that to his friend, but uh, the reason he has not forgiven me is because he never liked me in the first place. Rolo Tomasi said, elope to Australia. I don't think... I like Would it even be considered eloping at this point? That's not really what I think of eloping. I think of eloping as kind of like people who just kind of abruptly decide to get married. But when you already have a kid with someone who's a year and a half old, it's not really eloping at that point. But I have to say, I probably won't... When we do get married, I probably won't want to have a big wedding because it just kind of seems pointless to me at this age. Uh, when I was younger, I used to always picture I'd have a, a big wedding, or at least a, a medium wedding, like a traditional wedding. And as I got older and older, I was like, you know, these are kind of aimed at kids. You know, people in their early 20s, mid-20s, or their parents pay for the big wedding, and, you know, it's, it's kind of like... Uh, it's kind of like the bridge to now living on your own, to having your own family, to being a real adult, not just a legal adult. But I'm 40 years old. Uh, if I had a wedding that was big, or big or small, I'd be paying for it. It wouldn't be my parents. And, uh, you know, it just feels different to have a wedding at 40, the type of thing I'd want to do. So, I don't know. Haven't uh, exactly decided, and you know, my girlfriend, she's not really, uh, she doesn't really care about the big or medium-sized wedding thing either. She's not really uh, that type either, and she kind of agrees with me. When you know, once you're this age, she's a little bit younger than me, but uh, not that much younger. Anyway, um, let me go on here. 
reading the chat room. Dref, who would you consider close friends in poker? Well, let me tell you something about that. It's an interesting question. I really purposely tried not to make close friends in poker because I was scared. I was scared that this would lead to people expecting to borrow money from me um, or wanting other things from me that I didn't really want to give. And that even if they weren't befriending me for that reason, that this would eventually occur. So, I just uh, I, I just kind of kept my distance from most people in poker. Um, I got to be friends with Mikon. That's true. And uh, I, I thought he was a good friend of mine at one point, but uh, I guess not as good as I thought. But, uh, you know, I didn't really make other close poker friends. I made some moderate poker friends, and there's people I like from the poker community. There's people I consider friends. There's people I trust from poker. Uh, not really any big names that uh, you guys would recognize, but there's people that uh, kind of like under-the-radar cash game type players that I consider friends that, that I trust, that I'm glad I got to know. Uh, there's some people from the site that I consider friends that I'm glad I got to know, that I'm always happy to see. Uh, but as far as like close friends, I was... I was always a little bit afraid to do that. And uh, even like, you know, MyCon made all these close friends and, and Get Crunk and that whole crew that uh, would all get together around the World Series. And like, you know, I used to be invited to all their parties there, all their World Series parties, and people would come over and play cards all night together. And I, I kind of only showed up to some of them. And when I did, I would always leave kind of early. I, I wouldn't stay all night and play cards. I, I just I just kept my distance, and it wasn't that I had anything against that group. It was just, uh, I just didn't really want to make new close friends in the poker community. I just felt leery about the whole thing. So, uh, again, it wasn't against any individuals. It was just, uh, for some reason, I felt funny about it. And the only the only one that I met through poker that I really uh, felt I got to be good friends with. When I say good friends, I mean, you know, well, actually that's not true. There's two people. Um, one of them I forgot because he doesn't play poker anymore. But I see Fishies is another one. He's he's a good guy. I, I got to be good friends with him, and I'm still his friend. He's not really involved in poker anymore, so I didn't even think of him. But uh, he's another person that I, I met through poker, and uh, I trust him, and I, I became good friendly with, you know, friendly with him. But, uh, you know, I, I just, uh, I never tried to thrust myself into the poker social scene. Just wasn't my thing. Uh, also, I didn't have all that much in common with some of these people. Sometimes they were much younger than me. Sometimes they just, uh, they, they were too, too much into the whole degenerate lifestyle for me. And when I say degenerate lifestyle, I mean like um, wanting to do drugs, wanting to just, gamble on everything and anything they could find, and, you know, I, I can't pretend that's me. It's not. I, I don't want to gamble on everything and anything I can find. I only want to gamble when I think I have an edge, unless it's for really small money. And, uh, you know, I don't drink, I don't do drugs, so, you know, there's only so much I can have in common with people who circle their life around that. Anyway, um, I see people are getting booted from the chat, how is that happening? Are you just disappearing? What's happening in the chat? I keep see people. I keep seeing people say I got booted. So what's happening? How are you getting booted? This might be something I can modify in the chat to prevent it from happening. 
by the way, uh, Benjamin's been asleep for about 70 minutes, so he could really wake up at any time. Sometimes his naps are like an hour, sometimes they're as much as three hours. So I don't know. So if I have to abruptly leave, that's the reason for it. But I wanted to get at the whole donk down thing. In fact, let me play the, oh, it says auto log off. Okay, I'm going to turn off the auto log off after the show. I don't want to figure out how to do this right now and make you listen to dead air while I uh, go through the admin control panel. But I will turn that off next time. Thank you for letting me know that. Let me see how the server's doing. That's the main point of this show, is to see. Uh, by the way, can everybody see the on-air flashing symbol? Can everybody see where it's flashing on-air? Now, I'm looking at the memory consumption, and unfortunately, the memory consumption has doubled since the show started, and that's a little bit concerning. But it's still nowhere near running out of memory. We've used about a third of memory. And I have to monitor this closely when we have our real show. So if you're listening and not in the chat room, please come into the chat room and just let it sit there. I know it's probably going to kick you out, but... Uh, I was hoping the memory consumption wouldn't go up that much, but it's, it's gone up more than I hoped it would. I hope I won't have to get yet another chat room. Uh, this chat room is kind of a no-frills chat room. It's not running any Flash, so it's running Java. So I was hoping this will be easier on the server. And I even moved the radio player over to the other server. We have two servers for Poker Fraud Alert. We have .com and .net. If you just try to go to PokerFraudAlert.net, it'll forward you to .com, but they're two separate servers, and .net is what uh, serves the radio and, and a few other small things. Uh, yeah, Suicide King, I, I meant to do that. It's a good suggestion. Make the flashing on-air button a link to the radio show. I, I meant to do that. I forgot to. It's a very easy thing to do. Uh, Joy Miller's Meat Curtains wants to know, have I decided on a regular scheduled show yet? No. Now, as much as some people would enjoy the drama of me broadcasting at the same time as Donk Down Radio, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that for two reasons. Uh, one is, I don't want this site to be viewed as a site that's hostile to Donk Down, like, like we're trying to take over or, or shut them down. Or that, that's not the point of this site. And just because I'm talking about things I'm unhappy with that Mike on said doesn't mean that I want this site to be that. So, uh, and second reason is I want my own ratings to be good, and I don't want people to have to choose between the two shows to listen to live. Uh, I also will make it on a different night than uh, Jacep's show, than Filthy Limper Radio, because uh, that show has always been a friend to me. They've always given me a voice when I didn't have this show, and I appreciate that, and I don't want to thank them by competing with them for live listeners. So uh, those will be the two shows that I will not schedule myself up against. Now, if, if one of them changes their time into my slot, then I'm not going to change my slot, but I'll start out with a slot that is neither the night of those two shows. Other than that, I have not come up with a time. However, I promise you that we will have a regular scheduled time and date. It'll be once a week, probably, and I will not be changing that or having to announce things at the last minute or whatever. Uh, Edward Teach wants to know, do I still speak to Mike on it all? The answer is no. Let me play you the rest of this little uh, 
part on Dogtown Radio last week. That's just totally false. I have no idea what, why the fuck he's talking I've about. I've talked shit about Wittellis. What's that? I have talked shit about Wittellis. Well, you just did, like yeah. 35 seconds before. I mean, like. Yeah, I have talked shit about him. Yeah, what, what, what's Gavin's problem with Wittellis? He annoys me. Fair enough. Mostly. I don't know. He just. I don't know. I, I, I'm not a fan. I don't have any problem with Jeff. I have no problem with Jeff. He's, he's doing his own site. We broke up. I bought him out, and uh, then now he's doing his own thing on his own site, and that's and I mean, good you know, good luck for for major scandals. It's good to have Jeff out there in the poker world. It really is. Now, obviously, I know what you're saying. Like sometimes he rubs people the wrong way. I know a lot of people didn't come on Donkdown Radio when Druff was still here because of Druff. Yeah, I didn't. See, this is what I mean. Like we get a nice statement or a semi-nice statement about how it's good to have me around when poker scandals happen. He doesn't dislike me, et cetera, et cetera. And then he has to throw out there that people won't come onto radio because of me. I'm sure that's true in a few cases, like Gavin. But, uh, you know, when you're an outspoken person, when you do come forward and you tell the truth about things in the poker world that some people don't want to hear or that makes certain people look bad, then, yeah, you're going to make some enemies. Uh, when you're an outspoken person, you'll also get some people that just plain don't like you. Uh, I never attempted to make the crowd like me. I never attempted to be popular, to say the things that are going to make people like me. But, uh, you know, it's funny because I remember we were talking about getting Sean Deeb on Donkdown Radio, and Brandon revealed that Sean Deeb won't come on because of one of the hosts. Was it me? No, it was Micon. He wouldn't come on the show because he didn't like Micon. So, um, Micon thinks that I was preventing some big names from coming on the show, but I wonder how many he prevented from coming on the show. But you know what? Even if I prevented more people to, from coming on, uh, the good I brought to that show and to that site uh, that dwarfs any of the bad, that dwarfs anything that uh, would have hurt it. Yeah, uh, Rolla Tomasi says it's called a qualifier. Exactly. Well, but since Gavin, maybe. But um, let's take another call. Caller, unless you have anything else. Uh... No. Okay. Uh, well, I hope I answered your question. Godspeed. Okay, we have another call coming in from the 347 area code. Uh, caller from the 347, you're on Donkdown Radio with Mike Hahn and Old G. Smith. Old G. Nailed. Nailed. Again. Nailed. Once again, it's that's a guy one step. <laughs> Figured I'd leave that in there just for uh, everybody to hear what they were going through for most of the show. Uh, one step says that his, quote, friend will not be hassling this show in the same way. So for those of you that enjoy those calls from one step, I guess you won't be hearing them over here. But you never know. Uh, one step is an unpredictable guy. So uh, people are asking in the chat, what about the one who called Gavin a fat fuck and who went off on him? That was actually Raw Wolf, and I appreciated Raw Wolf calling up and uh, basically calling out Gavin of how can you criticize Todd when he's fought so much for the rights of people in poker and you know fought so hard to out the scumbags in poker and, and the shady sites when Gavin was receiving money from Full Tilt that was, uh, even though he probably didn't know it, was stolen. So... The one thing I'll say in Gavin's defense, and in the defense of all 
Full Tilt pros like him. I don't think pros like Gavin Smith had any clue the way Full Tilt was being managed. I don't think they knew that they were being paid with player money. So I can't blame them. If Full Tilt asked me to be a pro, I would have said yes. And why not? It's free money. I wouldn't have said yes had I known what they were actually doing, but nobody knew. So uh, you can't fault people after the fact for taking money what they thought was legitimate sponsorship money that turned out uh, was player money. You can only blame the people who either knew or had access to know and didn't care. Talking about people like Ivy, talking about especially Ferguson and Lederer and Ray Bittar, talking about Ray First. That, that's who I'm talking about here. Uh, I'm not talking about the ones who really had no access to find out or no reason to believe this. So, uh, that's what happened over on Donkdown Radio last week. I didn't see anything about Gavin Smith reappearing, so I'm guessing that uh, he got bored after one week. And that doesn't surprise me at all. The funny thing is, uh, I've heard some things about Gavin Smith. Not, like, well, I, I shouldn't say. I'm like, I've heard some things, and I, I wish I could say them because uh, people told me I, that I have to swear never to tell anyone these things. Otherwise, I'd be glad to say it. I, I don't want to betray these people's confidence, but he's he's a freak and a weird dude, let me say that. That's as far as I'll go. You can take your guess as to how and why, and what I mean by that, but he is a freak and a very weird dude. <laughs> and I heard that firsthand from certain people who would know. Um... Anyway, I, I don't want to make this show all about my former site, but I got talked about, I wanted to respond, and I did respond. But let me tell you, I will never post something on my site or on my Twitter. I'm never going to say something that just isn't true. I'm not going to just hear some rumor and come out and report it as fact. If I hear a rumor and I don't know it for sure, I, or I think there might be some truth, but also it could be false, I will say that. I will say, this is what I heard, but it's not verified. But when I hear the same thing from several unrelated people, and when all the actions seem to follow exactly as these people said, then of course i, I got to believe it. So the stuff about Schoenfeld is very true, and for Mikeon to deny that is just a, just a bald-faced lie. I don't know why, but... Uh, He's lying. Uh, anyway, let me check the memory of the show. If anyone would like to call in here, I would like a call. Memory looking good so far. 775-FRAUD-55. 775-372-8355. 775-FRAUD-55. Please show your caller ID. Call up even if you don't have much to say. I just want to test the new phone. See how it works. People are trying to guess in the chat room. Jason is guessing that Gavin and David Williams crossed swords in a three-way and neither backed off. <laughs> Not true, but what if it was? Be a good story. 775-FRAUD-55 is the phone number. Uh, here's something that happened recently. Daniel Negreanu got banned from 2 plus 2. It was apparently a temporary ban, but he was banned for, quote, spamming. Now, this is what uh, he got banned for. I'm not going to play the whole thing, but I'll play the very beginning of it. 
This was his vlog. His it's kind of like a video blog. And here's how it started off. It's a 20-minute vlog. I'm not going to play anywhere near 20 minutes. I'll play like two minutes at most. So I'll describe what you're seeing here. You're seeing a picture of the Earth and a satellite above the Earth, kind of like an animated thing with an eye on it, like I meaning the letter I. Then it zooms in on Europe and uh, kind of looks like zooming in on like the water. They show all these poker players, says the world's top poker players, Daniel Negreanu, Dave Devilman Elliott, Marvin Rittenmeyer, Carlos Mortensen, Maria Ho, James Dempsey, Yogan O'Day, I don't even know who these people are, Jaka, Tobias Regemeyer, Bill Helmuth, so show me all those pictures. And you can bet on them live. Introducing, and then zooms in, iSeries Live, April 15th. At 6 o'clock, iSeriesLive.com. See, Daniel, free plug for you. So that ad ran a What minute. the hell was that, right? Yeah, what the hell was that, Daniel? I've known about this uh, event for quite a while, and I'm pretty excited about its prospects. Essentially what it is, really, is uh, you're going to have 10 top players. You'll see the <laughs> list uh, there in the uh, little promo video that are going to play in a one-table sit-and-go, and you'll have a chance. Okay, I've heard enough. So that was uh, Daniel Negreanu. 775-FRAUD55 is the phone number. 775-FRAUD55. I see someone's asking in the chat about that. But uh, there's some new thing called iSeries Live that Daniel was promoting in this vlog. And I, I guess I didn't watch the whole vlog, but I guess after he promotes iSeries Live at the beginning, he goes on to talk about various stuff going on in the poker world. Well, 2 Plus 2 didn't like this and banned him for spamming because they felt that he was using the forum to post a free ad for iSeries Live. Well, let me tell you what I think of that. I think that's a joke. And I'm no big fan of Daniel's. I don't dislike Daniel. I, I generally like him. But uh, I think that's a joke. When a big-name pro like Daniel Negreanu, who does participate in your forum, he didn't just show up there to drop a, an ad for his new website... He posts in your forum. He drums up interest. Like, people show up on 2 Plus 2 because the big pros post there. You can actually interact directly with Daniel Negreanu. You can read what he has to say. You can respond to it. Maybe he'll respond back to you. I mean, it's a lot more meaningful to the average poker player, to the average poker fan, to read something from Daniel Negreanu, to get a response from Daniel Negreanu, than it is to get it from, you know, Joe Everyday Poster over there. So... I'm getting a phone call here. Let's uh, take it. Caller, hello. Hey, Jeff. How are you? Hello. Is this Jacep? Yes, it is. Oh, I recognize your voice from calling into your show. Hello, and uh, welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio. So you called in to 775-FRAUD-55? I absolutely did. Now, let me just ask you, is your area code 702? I called in from Skype. Okay. It's showing 702. I didn't expect that to be your area code. Okay, no problem. Uh, anyway, thank you for calling, and uh, you sound good to me. Uh, everybody here listening, does Jacob sound good? Can you hear him well? Does he seem to be around the same volume as me? Just tell me Do in the I chat sound room. okay, fellas? Yeah, I mean, you sound good to me here. And, uh, you know, I thank you for calling in and helping me test this show. And uh, how is your show going these days? Uh, it's going good. Uh, 
tomorrow we've got a good show. We've got our uh, black chip free roll. I've got John Allen, up and coming tournament player, on as a guest. I've got the reasons why Foxwoods is failing and uh, a couple other interesting points, a couple innovations to the game that we're going to talk about. It should be a good show. Hmm. And uh, yeah, this is at FilthyLimper.com, FilthyLimper.com. That's uh, Jacep's site. And I'm never going to force Jacep to pay me $100 to make a thread on this site about his radio show. He's he's always been good to me, and uh, you know, Filthy Limper is a friend of this site, and I'm not going to force them to advertise here to post about their show. In fact, I'm not going to force any user here who wants to post about whatever project they have going on. Uh, not that I want people spamming here, but if you're a regular user here and you want to post about a new site of yours and you don't overdo it, meaning you know don't create several threads about it, but uh, you're welcome to. And I, I won't delete your posts. I won't call it spam. I won't ban you like they did to Daniel Negrani on 2 plus 2. And as I was saying, you know, when Daniel shows up to your forum, it makes you money. I, I wish he'd show up on this forum. It, it would uh, get a lot more traffic here. So Daniel is valuable to them. You can't say all posters are created equal. And he wasn't spamming. Yes, of course, he was posting a vlog with an ad at the beginning, and part of the vlog is dedicated to talking about his new site. But I don't see him only showing up there to post advertisements for himself. If he did that, I'd totally understand the ban. But this is like... They just don't want anything ever advertised on 2 Plus 2 in any way, shape, or form, no matter who you are or what you've done for the site, unless you pay Mason Malmuth. And I think that's wrong. So I, I think it's stupid to ban Daniel Negrani when it just makes 2 Plus 2 and Mason Malmuth look really bad. Because then, of course, Daniel comes forward, says, hey, I was banned for posting this. Then everybody wants to see the video. So this actually got iSeries Live more advertising. I wouldn't even know about iSeries Live if it wasn't for this, because I don't watch Daniel's vlogs unless something interesting happens on there and I've pointed to it. I don't I don't have 20 minutes to spend watching that Daniel Negreanu talk. He's just not that interesting to me uh, unless there's something he's talking about that I'm really interested in hearing. So, uh, Yeah, just a couple points on that, Jeff. Um, first of all, I, I really think that moderators should moderate based on intent. There's a clear difference between somebody intentionally spamming and somebody just not knowing that they're that they're breaking a rule, and obviously in this case, he didn't know that they were breaking a rule. Uh, number one, and number two, it's not outside the realm of uh, possibility that I Sports, whatever it's called, is going to eventually advertise on two plus two anyway. So why would you start off your relationship uh, that way? Just, yeah, it's a great point. Yeah, that's really a great point. Like, why why alienate iSeries Live by banning Daniel Negreanu for posting about it? I mean, it's just, it's not like, if Daniel was showing up every day to plug this, and they said, look, I don't care who you are, Daniel, you're not going to use our site to just promote your stuff for free, I totally get that. But this is one damn vlog. So, uh, I think we both agree on this, that this is stupid. But uh, Mason does a lot of stupid things. Like, right after Black Friday... And I've never been a fan of the PPA. I think they're incompetent. But Daniel, not Daniel, Mason threatened the PPA right after Black Friday that he's going to remove their forum on 2 plus 2 unless they change their logo because he thought their logo had communist connotations to it, which it really didn't. But even if he felt that, to blackmail them to change their logo 
where he's going to remove their forum right after Black Friday. I mean, they're just totally out of touch with what the poker community needs and wants. And uh, the only reason 2 plus 2 is as big as it is is luck. It was luck in that they were around when the news group, Rec Gambling Poker, was pretty much abandoned. It didn't go down, but it became inundated with spam, and forums started to get more popular on the internet than news groups. So people were looking for somewhere to go. All the poker players who wanted a place to talk about poker on the internet, they needed somewhere to go because Rep Gambling Poker was becoming crap, and there was no way to, to control what was happening there. So 2 plus 2 was there, they went over there, and it grew, and it became so big that now it's pretty much impossible to defeat. It's pretty much impossible for it to fail as, as the biggest poker form, no matter how stupid Mason is, no matter how heavy-handed the moderators are. Oh, now that we're talking about Mason, I want to tell you about 2 plus 2 and that they are not a site that you can go to with your poker scandals and know that your post will stay up. They censor a lot there. They cover up for a lot of people. There are stories after stories upon stories of people who brought legitimate complaints to 2 plus 2 that were initially deleted. Let me tell you a few. You know that Gira scandal on uh, Lock Poker where he received a 100k dumped to him on the last day of a contest to win the contest of who wins the most money on Lock for the month of April? It's a pretty big scandal. Well, 2 plus 2 censored that story. They deleted it and said, don't post this here. Uh, this is, I don't know if they mentioned that Locke was a sponsor, but that's why they did it. They deleted the post, claiming that it was an unfounded accusation. I mean, how can they claim it's an unfounded accusation? It was 100% clear this was chip dumping and cheating in that contest. But 2 plus 2 would not allow this to be discussed until the story got bigger. In fact, the person who originally reported it came over to Donk Down and posted it there. That was actually the first forum to have that story up, because uh, 2 plus 2 deleted it. So they wouldn't let that up there until it got big enough to where it couldn't be ignored anymore. Uh, the stocks trader collusion scandal on PokerStars the year before, that was also deleted. And it was repeatedly deleted and censored. And in fact, someone got banned for trying to post about it until Viffer, who's a you know fairly well-known player, David Pete, uh, seen on TV many times, uh, when he finally brought it out to 2 plus 2 and said, look, you know, stop censoring this. This is not going to go away. Uh, they finally let it stand, and the reason they were censoring that was because uh, Stocks Trader was one of their authors. He's the one who wrote that uh, winning in tough Hold'em games. So they they didn't want to disparage Stocks Trader, and they deleted very credible reports about his collusion and multi-accounting on PokerStars. And it turns out from reading all the evidence... Uh, uh, he admitted to part of it. He admitted to multi-accounting, but not collusion. But you read all the evidence and all the mathematical analysis that I think Noah SD did, it was very clear that Stock Trader was colluding. And in fact, I even met both him and his collusion partner in person in uh, St. Kitts. I used to know them. I used to play with them all the time on the uh, Cryptologic Network. So uh, someone said that uh, back in the day, Mason barred David Skolansky from posting on Rec Gambling Poker. I didn't know that. That's funny. Uh, Mason Malmuth has also censored strategy posts. If you make a post on 2 plus 2, 
that Mason feels is either better strategy advice or more detailed or similar strategy advice to what exists in books that he sells, then he will not let you post it there. He actually told Ed Miller, one of the authors of uh, one of 2 Plus 2's books, that he can't even give out strategy advice on his own website and threatened to sue him. So, uh, 2 Plus 2 censors a lot of things. They censor strategy, they censor scandal stories. Uh, if it's anything slightly in their self-interest to censor, they will censor it. If it's not in their self-interest to censor, then they will let it stand, and they will keep pushing uh, you know, to be known as the site that outs these things. Like, uh, they got a lot of mileage over the AP scandal, that they were the site where this was all discussed. So uh, it was worth it for Mason Malmuth to take the hardline stand against AP and UB and stop taking any kind of ad money from them and take down any kind of affiliate deals they had in exchange for all the good publicity they got for having their users out the scandal. So that's part of the reason I started this site, because this site's never going to be this way. I'm never going to censor stories from... Uh, Anything or anyone. If you have something you want to talk about, if you have something you want to accuse someone or a company of doing, go ahead. Post it up, and I'm going to let it stand. The only thing I don't want is completely unsubstantiated BS. Like, I don't want just posts saying, hey, I just played 3-6 uh, No Limit on the Merge Network, and I ran so bad it has to be rigged. Like, that, that's just... You can't do that because nobody's going to take it seriously. There's no way to prove what you're saying. There's a good chance you just ran bad and there was no cheating and no rigging and you know like that type of stuff I don't want to see. But anything even slightly believable or credible, go ahead and post it here, and uh, I'll give my opinion. The users will give their opinions, but you always have a voice over here, and there's no bias and there's no protection of anyone or anything in poker on this site. And I will never take a sponsor that expects me to protect them from any negative press. And anybody who advertises here has to know if they do anything shady that they're going to be discussed all the same. Uh, it's hard to avoid getting involved with 2 Plus 2 because it's a huge site. So, you know, it's a... Of course, there's things to read on there. You may want to make an account and post on there. Like I, I don't uh, fault anyone for being involved in posting on 2 Plus 2 or reading it, but I really wish that uh, things happened differently and Mason Malmuth was not the one in charge of the biggest poker site or the biggest poker forum that's out there, and it's going to stay that way for the foreseeable future. So uh, anyway, uh, Jason, I don't want to take away the content from your radio show, uh, so if you want to wait to your show to discuss this, that's fine, but... Uh, why do you think Foxwood is dying, or do you want to wait till uh, tomorrow to talk about this? Uh, no, no, I have no problem uh, talking about it here. Um, well, every year an article comes out that says that Foxwood is dying, but and it's usually just written off, but recently a couple of them came out, one in the New York Times, and um, it's just, I've spent a lot of time at Foxwoods over the last decade, and there's things that have progressively just gotten more and more, uh, I guess, downscale would, would would be the right word. Like uh, I've noticed less staff, less uh, cleanups, uh, things like that. Um, 
But, I mean, for, I can't really speak on any of, like, the advantage gambling or the pick gambling or anything like that. But from a poker perspective, um, it's a very miserable place to uh, to go these days. It's uh, everybody it, – it's almost like going to the DMV in that the staff is insanely miserable. Um, they're not fun to be around. I got uh, a penalty today for tweeting with one knee on my chair. Um <laughs> And just things like that make me, even though I live less than a half an hour away, I'll probably never play a tournament series at Foxwoods again. I'd rather drive the extra four and a half hours to the Borgata and play there where I actually feel in a good mood. And, uh, and you know. So you don't think you're just dying because of uh, the economy or, or poker starting to dip in popularity? You think it's because it's mismanaged? I do think it's mismanaged. Uh, a lot of people do the whole economy dip thing, but, I mean, uh, the WPT pulled an event out of there, I think, three or four years ago when the poker economy – or three years ago, maybe, when the poker economy was still pretty strong. I just came back from Florida, and they sold out every single tournament every day. Um, so, I mean, the poker economy is not that bad. I played a 500 at the Borgata last month that drew 2K players, and uh, today's tournament drew 300, and it was a 400 buy-in. So I mean I don't really I don't really think it's I mean the poker economy is taking a hit it's not 2005 anymore but it's still something that throughout different sections of the country it's it's doing okay it's thriving uh, and it's but at this point in a state that has no competition from any of its bordering states as well I mean there's still a lot of poker players out there I mean. Even if the poker economy is dying, there still shouldn't be open seating in a 2-4 limit game. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's for sure. I, I have some bad news to report here. Um, someone mentioned they had an error 500 in the chat. So I never like to see error 500 because that means it's a server error. So I went and looked in our logs, and I'm seeing that uh, we are getting some cannot allocate memory errors. And uh, not that many yet, but we're, we're seeing some of them. In fact, all within the last uh, 10 minutes. And we hadn't seen those ever since we had our problems during the last show. So the chat is definitely causing that. Now, I'm looking at the free memory uh, on the system, and it's been fine the whole way. We haven't even used up half the memory, and right now we're worried about... Uh, only using about a third of the memory, and usually when the forum's running with no chat or radio show actively going, we have about a sixth of the memory being used. So uh, that seems all right, but I don't know. This is uh, I could run the chat on a completely different server, but uh, the one problem with that is uh, this chat uses the database of users from the forum, so this way you don't have to log in separately or make a separate login or whatever. Like you just click chat and it uh, transfers your login information from the form right into the chat and you're right there. And that's what I want. I don't want any separate crap. And it, it's very hard to do that across two different servers. Um, I, I guess if we had Judonk, I, I could ask him since he's the vBulletin expert. But uh, since he's gone, I'm going to have to see about this. So... Well, you should unban him because he could get this shit straightened out in a matter of minutes. <laughs> uh, that's uh, that's unfortunate that uh, we're getting some uh, server errors. Uh, 
I could move servers, but it's a lot of effort at this point. I really don't want to have to do it. It's it's going to be now that we have an up and running forum with a lot of content. I to to have to move this entire thing somewhere else. It's not impossible to do, but it's uh, it's a pain in the ass, and I prefer not to have to do that. But I will if it's necessary. I'm not going to let the server problems rule this site. But that, that's what part of these test shows are all about. Uh, fortunately, nothing has crashed yet, and I don't think it will. Because, uh, last time when it crashed, I investigated it, and it turned out we were using 100% of system memory. And the whole thing crashed, and the reason it came back up 11 minutes later was that the guy in charge of the server noticed this and reset it on his own. And that cleared all the memory again, and then somehow that chat room didn't crash anything, despite the fact it ran for a few more hours. But uh, I don't like the fact that I'm already seeing some server errors, and I, I thought I was running a, a less memory-intensive chat room. But maybe not. Let's see if we're still getting any uh, any memory allocation errors. And we haven't had any in the last six minutes. Oh, that hey, Jeff, I got to run. Okay, um, yeah. Thank you for calling. Good, I appreciate it. Yeah, no problem. Good luck with uh, with the show, and uh, definitely keep me posted with whatever you whatever you're gonna do in the future. And uh, I'd be happy to do any type of advertising that exceeds a thread here. So just keep me informed. Okay, thank you very much, Jason. So FilthyLimber.com is where you can hear him tomorrow. What time at uh, five o'clock Pacific? Yeah, five Pacific, eight Eastern. Uh, FilthyLimber.com. Okay, thank you, Jason. So uh, that was Jacep. I think that call worked pretty well. So at least the phone lines are all working properly. And our new phone number seems to be successful. But a uh, little bit concerned about the server. But I guess we're going to have to just uh, close our eyes and hope it's okay. I want to talk about something else here. I, I think Benjamin might wake up soon. I just kind of saw him moving around a little bit and falling back asleep. I want to talk a little bit about a Black Friday-related trial that's going on. That is, Daniel Svetskov is going to or is going to testify in a Black Friday-related trial on April 9th in New York. He processed more than one billion in transactions. I believe uh, I don't know if it's just cash outs are also deposits, but he processed over $1 billion in transactions and he was arrested in 2010 before Black Friday. He's facing up to 75 years in prison. Now this guy was accused of stealing from the poker sites. There are rumors that poker stars and Full Tilt got together and turned him in. That they actually went to the Department of Justice and said, hey, you want to go after the guy processing all these illegal poker payments? Well, here's his name and here's where he is. Because they were so mad that he stole it from them. I don't know if that's true, but that's the rumor I heard. That they actually turned him in to the U.S. government after he stole what I believe was $100 million from them combined. Can you imagine? When you would get checks, when you would get wires from online poker sites, you would picture that they were coming from either the poker site itself or some large company that's processing the payments. It was not like that. It was individuals who would run it out of their home and process millions and millions, and in this case, a billion dollars in payments from their home. 
these were small-time operations, but the sites had to resort to them because uh, big companies wouldn't touch this sort of thing. Svetskov is only 29. So when he was processing your payments on PokerStars, he was probably like 26, 25 at the time. Can you imagine trusting someone that age working by themselves with that kind of money? And you saw what happened. He stole $100 million. But that's not what he's on trial for. Uh, he, he struck a plea bargain, knowing he's facing up to 75 years in prison. And how stupid is this guy to hang out in Las Vegas after doing this? I mean, he should have been a ghost, both for, the, for his safety and for getting arrested. But uh, they arrested him in Las Vegas, and he plea bargained. He gave them vital evidence against the three companies he worked against. Poker Stars, Full Tilt, and Absolute Poker, the three big ones that got busted on April 15, 2011, Black Friday. He's actually entered the Witness Protection Program with the FBI. So he's living somewhere in the U.S., I presume, in hiding under a fake name. And he's the star witness in the case against the three sites. Uh, and also against the bank that uh, Full Tilt bought into to uh, process a lot of their payments. So, uh, this is a trial specifically against John Campos, who was the vice chairman of a, a Utah bank that processed the payments for Full Tilt, and Chad Ellie, who was a payment processor also, and was facilitating a lot of these payments. So this is a uh, trial against both of them. Chad Ellie, actually, it's interesting. I saw a picture of this guy. This guy looks really old for his age. I think he was like 34 when he got arrested last year. The dude looked like he was 10 years older than that. And he had a really, really hot, young, like, supermodel wife that you got to think has probably left him by now or will very soon. So she definitely got with this dude for the money. Definitely was not for how he looked. Uh, anyway... Uh, Chad Ellie is charged with uh, six offenses and can face up to uh, 85 years in prison. Sorry, he has nine counts. It's Campos, the guy who is the vice chairman of the bank, whose six offenses can face up to 35 years in prison. So anyway, apparently Sveskov has handed 90,000 documents over to the prosecutors, including emails. And uh, he dumped a mountain of documents, according to Chad Ellie's lawyers. <laughs> they, there's so many documents that they're claiming that they didn't even have time to go through them all for Chad Ellie's defense. So uh, we'll see how this shakes out. But uh, basically, these guys were uh, taking a chance. These guys were... Uh, making a lot of money. I mean, Svetkos actually stole from them, but I don't believe... I, actually, I think I heard something... Like Ellie may have stolen, too. I, I forget. You know, these guys all kind of blend together in my mind, but uh, um, forgetting about the stealing part, they were making a ton of money just from processing these payments. They were charging a lot of money, like 10% or more per transaction. So you imagine how much money was going through there, and them keeping 10 or more percent each time, uh, that's a lot of money that adds up for doing very little work. And the one problem is you're taking a big chance that the government's going to get you and bust you, confiscate your money, and uh, put you in jail for many, many years. And that's what happened to Tvetkov. That's what happened to Chad Ellie. 
But it was very tempting for these guys to do this because there's just so much money involved. But they all inevitably get busted. Like, none of these processors stay up. They just get busted one after another after another. It's just, uh, it's just like this tempting thing. It's like a mousetrap with the cheese just sitting right out there. And these guys are like the mice. They can't resist grabbing the cheese. In this case, millions and millions of dollars. And then they never know when to get out. If I was a payment processor, here's what I'd do. I would quickly process a lot of payments, make an ass load of money, and then within a relatively short time, say, you know what, I'm out of the business, goodbye. I wouldn't cheat anyone. I'd just say, look, I'm done, I'm out, find someone else, and I'd leave and I'd go move to some other country with no extradition laws and stay there until all this stuff blows over. If you just keep processing and processing and processing, they're going to get you. And that's what happened. So, uh, and you end up with no money either, because the government confiscates your money, too, that you made from, from processing these payments. So, you end up with nothing but a criminal record and a long jail sentence. Anyway, that's what's going on. It'll be interesting to see how that all shakes out. I will post about it on Poker Fraud Alert in the, uh, not sure which form, probably the Flying Stupidity form, since it's not really a scam. It's more of a, just kind of poker news. Uh, it's not really going to have that much effect on the legalization of online poker, but uh, still interesting to follow, at least for me. Question in the chat room, have you talked to Hero Poker about advertising or sponsorship? No, I have not. I don't want to talk to anyone about sponsoring until we get this radio show regularly running. Until it regularly runs, then uh, I don't feel the site's complete. So that's why I have not talk to them about that yet. I don't know if they will sponsor it if they won't. Uh, no pressure on anyone to ever be a sponsor here. We are going to have a sponsor coming up within a few days, and I appreciate that. This is someone who approached me, and if you want to be a sponsor, you can always approach me and uh, let me know, and you know, I have very cheap sponsorship packages where you just get a link, or a more expensive one where you get uh, a banner and, and you know, radio mentions like that, so I try to work with you not going to be too expensive because it's still a pretty small site, but you know you still get exposure and uh, uh, not only is it a, a forum where people post on every day, but it's going to be a regular radio show and I'm always plugging it on Twitter and people are retweeting me and uh, you know it brings a lot of people out and I, I even uh, will do these little reports every so often like the one I did on Lock Poker and for example the Lock Poker report I did, uh, that has 2,066 views since March 8th. And uh, this is a thread that doesn't really have a lot of activity because it pretty much all speaks for itself. So these are not the same people viewing it over and over. These are mostly different people of 2,066 views that mostly came from people following Twitter links to it. So I'm going to do those every so often too, and that'll bring people to the site. And I'm hoping that uh, we'll grow and that, uh, you know, I appreciate having all the people that came over from Donk Down to this site. But uh, hopefully we'll get some other people, too, and have our own completely independent little community. A combination of old people who knew me from before and, and new people who just hear about the site and like what we're about. So uh, that's the story. Uh, I think the show's going to end pretty soon. Uh, again, Benjamin got up and put his head back down, as I'm seeing on the monitor. I, I do thank everybody for listening. I'm not uh, sure when this is going to end, but when it does, it'll be pretty abrupt. 
Uh, anything else you guys like me to talk about? You can either say it in the chat room or call me up 775 fraud 55. 775 fraud 55. That's funny. Someone just posted a, a picture in the chat room. I didn't know you could do that. Kind of scrolled the whole chat. I may have to disable that. <laughs> A, a joke picture of a news article of uh, Mike Hahn being a rapist when he was 14 years old. Uh, what happened to Bad Guy 23? It's a good question, but I'm sure he'll be back. I'm sure he'll probably show up here at some point, and we'll probably hear from his nemesis, uh, Team MLK, as well. So, uh, once again, this is just a test show. I'm just attempting to uh, see how this uh, server handles the chat room, people in the chat, the radio show. I, I think the radio won't hurt the server because that's all being hosted from another server. But uh, the chat room is being hosted on this one, and we have had a few memory errors, unfortunately. So right now I'm actually looking, and the uh, memory consumption is pretty low. But uh, the jury's still out whether or not we will stay on this server. We may have to take down the site for a short time and move the server. Uh... Suicide King said, can scats become a sponsor? No, I don't want them to be a sponsor. That, uh, not a very friendly site to me or this site, for that matter. But uh, whatever. Let's see here. Uh, any new thoughts on whether or not Drexel will be on the show? I actually talked to Brandon a few days ago. We had a good conversation. Uh, he had to cut it off early to watch... Um, a basketball game on TV with some friends who were coming over, but uh, the chance that we will be on the air together is still alive. And I'm going to talk to him some more about that. I'm still considering it. even considered calling him today, just kind of cold calling him here and putting him on the show, but uh, I, I'm pretty much out of time. Benjamin's going to wake up uh, any minute, so I don't want to get into a whole Brandon conversation just to have to cut him off. Maybe we'll do that next time, or maybe you'll turn on the show next time when this is actually our first real show and find that Brandon's the co-host. You never know. I do want a co-host. I don't want to just do a show myself. Uh, I don't mind doing a show myself like a positive EV type show, but I, I don't want to do a show like for entertainment value. I don't want to do like an entertainment entertaining comedy type show just myself. It's very hard to do that. So I, I definitely need a partner for that, whether it's Brandon or someone else. Uh, Never again thirty nine asking in the chat room if Micon had a naked photo of me. Do you think it would be on the internet by now? Believe it or not, you'll be surprised to hear this answer. No. Now Micon does not have any kind of naked photo of me, but Micon was good for one thing. And that was, he really didn't give out any info about me or things that he learned during the time he was my friend. There isn't any kind of like big skeleton in my closet that he knows about that he could expose, but, you know, you get to know private things about your friends after a while. And these things build up in your memory over the years. And, uh, you know, there were times over the years where something got out and I suspected Mikon said something, and every single time he ended up being innocent. Every single time. So I will say that Mikon never went and uh, revealed my private business to people. Uh, other people did, 
that I trusted. You can guess who those people are, but uh, not Micon. He was good about keeping that quiet, and I even told him one of the last conversations we had. I said, you know, I, I appreciate that that's something you never did, and, and I never did it to him. You know, there's, there's things that I know about Micon's private life that uh, I could say if I wanted to be a jerk, but I'm not going to because I, I don't think that's the right thing to do when you're not friends with someone anymore is to reveal their secrets or reveal things that you only know because you were friends with them. So I'm not going to say any of those things. And, you know, uh, I at least respect that he was respectful enough not to do something like that to me. I was surprised that he revealed Brandon's naked picture, or back naked picture. It's not like a real naked picture. It's not like you can see Brandon's penis. But you can see Brandon's naked ass, and you see him standing there naked with his back facing to the camera. And obviously that was very inappropriate to do, and even Mikeon admits that. And I was surprised he did that. I, it was a tilt. I don't think that's typically Mikeon's character. It, it was a tilt response to Brandon making him look bad on his own site. And uh, I don't think that's normally the Brian Mikeon that exists from day to day. But, uh, you know... It was still wrong to do. But I, I think if Mycon had a similar picture of me, he wouldn't have posted it, because I, I didn't come at him in the same way Brandon did. I'm not criticizing Brandon here. It's a different situation. But uh, it, it was kind of like... My thing with Mycon was kind of like a longer-term, dragged-out thing, which never got as, as heated as the thing with him and Brandon. And Brandon's was kind of like a shorter-term, like went from 0 to 60 really fast sort of thing. And that's what tilted Mike on into posting that picture. That, that's my opinion. So, uh, I don't think that Mike on is really a, an untrustworthy guy. He obviously tells some lies sometimes, as you've seen. But uh, he's not really an untrustworthy guy. But he does do some things that are ill-advised or shitty. And everybody does some shitty things from time to time. But, uh, yeah, that was one of them that he did. Someone asked in chat, do you think he snapped? No, I don't think he snapped. I think he's been under a lot of stress lately from various things in his life. Obviously, the financial aspect is the biggest stressor. You guys may not know this, and I'm not saying that uh, Mikeon's having problems in his relationship because I have no idea either way about that since I, I, don't, uh, I haven't talked to him socially since this whole thing blew up back in... August, but uh, the number one reason for divorce in the United States is not infidelity, like people would guess. It is money. Money problems, that's the biggest reason that people get divorced in the United States. So when your family has money issues, it's very, very stressful. And that's the biggest reason why people end up getting divorced. So, it's a very hard thing to live through. And, again, I'm not saying Mikeon's going to get divorced. I'm not saying his relationship has problems. I have no idea how his relationship is right now. And I actually did witness over time that you know, he and uh, Martha did seem to truly care about each other. And, uh, you know, the relationship was, was strong in that sense. But not having money, repeatedly struggling for money, 
is a big form of difficulty and a big form of stress to live through. A lot of this is his own fault, but nevertheless, that's what's going on. And uh, so I think that uh, that stress from the money problems could be dictating a lot of his uh, behavior recently that hasn't been the best. But uh, uh, I don't think he's the bad person that a lot of people are saying. Uh, I, I knew him for a lot of years. I saw a lot of good sides out of him. I think deep down he means well, but often he acts selfish and often he does things without thinking and often he does things in his own self-interest and uh, ignores how it hurts other people. So, uh, I think a lot of people do desperate and out-of-character things when they're broke or close to it. So that's, that's another reason to be very careful with your money. Someone said, all those caches, how does he not have money? Well, I mean, you could say that about a lot of poker players. There's a lot of people who are broke with many, 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 many more caches and bigger caches than Micon. There's people with $9 million in caches that are broke. Look at Eric Lindgren. He not only had $5 million or whatever in caches, but he also uh, was making two hundred fifty k a month from Full Tilt for years, and he's broke. So... <laughs> No matter how much money you make, you can always go broke. I, I don't care how rich you are. You could be Bill Gates and, and blow your money. It does not matter. If you're always spending more than you can afford, because there's infinite things you can spend on in this world, you can never have so much money that you can't bust yourself. I, I don't care if you have $50 billion to your name, you could still bust $50 billion a lot more easily than you think. It sounds crazy, but you could. So... I mean, it's all about how you manage your money, what you have coming in, what you're likely to have coming in in the future, both near and distant future, and uh, what you're spending, the way you're living, the way you treat money. And if you don't treat money with respect, it's going to be gone. So with Micon's caches, you have to understand that uh, you spend a lot of money in tournament buy-ins to get those caches. And those add up really, really quickly. So you can see someone with a million in caches, and they could have easily spent way more than a million to get them. It sounds hard to do, but think about it. If you play just 100 tournaments of 10K buy-in each, you spent a million dollars. It only takes 100 of those to make a million dollars. Not make, but I mean lose a million dollars. So very easy to blow through money on tournament buy-ins and on tournament expenses, and on cash game losses, and on pit losses, and sports betting losses, and overspending losses. Easy to go through money. So anyway, uh, you, uh, you always have to be careful. If I can give you a piece of advice, and a lot of you already know this, but for those of you that don't, or haven't really considered it, Never, ever change your lifestyle based upon a short-term upswing in money. Don't ever say, I have so much money now, now I'm going to just 
spend because I can afford it and because what I'm making for the last six months is what I'm going to make the rest of my life every six months. Don't ever do that. Life is unpredictable. Income is unpredictable. Sometimes more predictable than others, but always look at the long term. Not just what you can afford to spend today, but what you can really expect to be making for the next two years, five years, ten years, twenty years, and see if your life can sustain that. And if you think you can't, then spend less. There's a lot of ways to spend, left, spend less and still live a decent life and, and get the things you want. So, a lot of people in poker didn't act that way. They'd, they'd have a big score, and they just immediately blow it. They just immediately start playing really high. They take all kinds of risks. Other thing is, don't ever put your money in a spot where you're more likely to lose than win. Sounds too simple, but so many people ignore that. Don't play pit games unless you've got some kind of real edge. I'm talking about like card counting and blackjack, and only if you can do that profitably. So don't go play craps for any kind of meaningful money. Don't play blackjack unless you're 100% convinced you're a winning blackjack player. Uh, don't bet sports for big money unless you have some kind of proven system that wins. Like like teasers, for example. If you bet teasers the way that has been documented, I'm talking about NFL teasers. If you bet in the way that's been documented to be a long-term winning strategy in the analysis of all games over the past uh, 40 years, then that's, that's a good gamble. Then that's worth betting real money on because uh, even though there's a lot of variance in it, uh, in the long run, you're going to end up winning. But don't just bet on games for large amounts of money because you have a feeling they're going to win. If you want to do it with some kind of money that's, that's not going to hurt you if you lose, just for fun, fine. But you know, don't develop a habit out of it or it's going to eat you alive. People who bet on sports always think that they're so knowledgeable about sports. They always think that they know more than the books do and that they know enough to overcome the vig that the casino takes. That uh, They know enough to win... Uh, 53% of the time. I mean, how hard does that sound, to win 53% of the time? It's come out ahead. But it's very hard to do. Very, very hard to do. Much, much harder than you might think. A very, very, very small percentage of people in this world can bet on sports without resorting to positive EV tricks like teasers and come out ahead in the long run. Very hard to do. So, if you want to bet on sports for fun, go ahead, but just don't bet money that's going to really hurt you if it doesn't come through. And for all the people you know that tell you about their big streaks in sports when they, they run up $1,000 to $100K, they're probably not telling you about the losses. Anyway, two things have happened here. Um, first of all, it looks like... Uh, Benjamin's mother has just come home, and second, uh, Benjamin has gone back down, but uh, he's got to be waking up very soon. So I think it's time to end the show. Uh, the memory being used is, is pretty uh, pretty light, so now this chat room doesn't have that many people in it, so unfortunately uh, this wasn't as good of a test as I hoped for. Uh, on the good side, we did not have any crashes. 
the good side, uh, I think everything worked well enough to where I'm, I feel good enough about it to give it a shot to run a real radio show. So it's very possible the next radio show, I don't have a date or time yet, but it's very possible the next radio show will be a real show with a co-host. Don't know who it's going to be yet, but a real radio show that's scheduled, that's promoted, that's going to be a regularly, a regularly occurring event here. So no more of this test crap, probably. The one piece of bad news is we got some memory errors, internal server errors that occurred from the chat room, so hopefully when we run the real show that this will not be a problem. Uh, for those of you that got auto-logged out of the chat, I'm going to try to turn that off after the show for next time. Um, I will post uh, well in advance before the next show occurs, provided it's a real show and not a test show. And uh, I thank everybody for joining me in this uh, just very short notice, 20 minute notice show that I decided to do because my kid went to sleep. And uh, we're going to be ending here. Hope you found this at least uh, somewhat entertaining or informative. And uh, hopefully the next time you hear me on Poker Fraud Alert Radio, we will have a real show, not just this uh, attempt to test everything. So, putting on the end music for everybody, this is be how we close every show. This is uh, Remembering You. That's the name of the closing theme to All in the Family. This actually had words to it also. You could actually sing this song. Most people don't know that, but uh, Carol O'Connor, who played Archie Bunker, actually wrote words for this and uh, used to do uh, performances. He can actually sing Archie Bunker, believe it or not. So uh, he used to do performances in the 70s and 80s. He used to be able to go there and listen to Archie Bunker sing, and this would be one of the things he'd sing. So he, he wrote words for this song. And uh, this is the song that's always going to be signaling the end of the show. I will post sometime in the upcoming uh, week or so, probably, about the direction of the new show we're going to have. What's it going to be? Who's going to be the co-host? What you can expect from it? What you can't expect from it? And if maybe we'll even have two shows, one regular one and one irregular one, kind of like what we had over on uh, Dog Down, where we had a regular uh, comedy show and an irregular strategy and serious topic show. Anyway, thank you everybody for participating in this test attempt number two. Someone in the chat bubbles is saying, my uncle was Carol O'Connor's double on In the Heat of the Night. Interesting. All the Family is actually my favorite uh, sitcom of all time. That was really, really good. I think it's even held up well over the years. I mean, you can tell... It's old when you watch it, but it's it's not one of these things that's so dated you can't be entertained by it. I think uh, a lot of the comedy is just as good, just as relevant today as it was uh, 40 years ago. That show actually began even before I was born. So, uh, that's all for the show. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I appreciate all the support people have uh, given this site, and hopefully this site will grow and grow, and day will be a big deal in the poker world. If not, it'll be a fun diversion for me. Thank you very much, everybody, and good night. This will be in the archives. <laughs>